Welcome to Fitness in the World with Benjamin Kasanji. So all of us can walk in healing by the word of God. And throughout this that I'm teaching, especially this that I'm teaching today, you're going to realize how emphasis is going to be a lot on you as a person receiving it and being able to minister it. But I want to keep reminding us of this, that we should not forget this. I may not get into that. Maybe I'll get into this one time when I'm really speaking about gifts, but there are spiritual gifts and they are anointing. So there is somebody that is anointed and gifted for healing. There is somebody that is anointed and gifted for prophecy. There is somebody that is anointed and gifted for miracles. Praise the Lord. And I gave you a simple example of the difference will be that they don't necessarily learn it. They may mature in it, but they don't necessarily learn it. You get what I'm saying? All of us can hear the voice of God, and all of us can prophesy. But many of us have learned to prophesy after being taught. You get it? You hear the voice of God. You're laid hands on. But there's somebody who started seeing visions at the age of three. They were not even born again. They didn't even know what it was. And they started prophesying to their parents. They started, that is what I'm saying. Healing. There are many people who are so anointed for healing that when you even listen to their teaching on healing, it is not theologically correct. But they have more results than the one who has it all together, who teaches it all together. So you see, we can receive from these people and not necessarily even taking their theology. But we can receive from them because they are a gift from God. When he says he gave gifts unto men, the people are the gifts. So he gave gifts unto men. It is the people that are a gift to men. Hallelujah. I gave you an example of some of you last year when Charles and Defon came for you that we went for the meeting. There was even no teaching. You remember? Those of you that were there. Look at how those healings happened. You get it? Crazy. He's anointed for it. You may say he's not anointed for it. It may not be his calling. Then he's grown to carry an anointing for it. There is an anointing. He was not just ministering by faith. He was not just ministering by knowledge. He carries an anointing. Praise the Lord. And why does God do this? Because he wants us to receive. He wants people to receive. God is so interested in seeing people free, seeing people well, seeing people healed. That's why he put the pool of Siloam, pool of Bethsaida, bronze and serpent, all these things before even Jesus died, God made it so key for people to be healed. His first covenant name that he gave to them when they came out of the land of Egypt was Am Jehovah Rapha. That was the first covenant name when, after they came out of Egypt. I'm the Lord who heals your diseases. These diseases that were upon the Egyptians, I'll put none of them on you. That was the first covenant name that he gave to them. And you see, it is a continuous thing. Who heals? He didn't say, I'm the God who will once heal, or, but he, he made it for them because Jesus had not yet come. Jesus had not yet died. But he was showing them you can still receive healing, even if Jesus has not yet paid for it. God was so interested in that. He was so interested in... in and we see some of the things that were reversed even in the Old Testament were to do with physical health and physical life. People who cried out to God, uh, 
like like King who Hezekiah crying out to God and he's added more years. We see that dead boy who was raised by the prophet. We see these things happening. And these were some of the miracles that were so key that God was so interested in because he's interested in our well-being because we are as valuable to God on earth as valuable as our bodies are. Praise the Lord. As long as your body is not fit to be on earth anymore, you're not of any good to the kingdom on earth. That is why you're buried, you live on, but not on earth. You have no, impact, no more impact on earth. Maybe if you've lived a very good life, your books, your sermons, you'll, your impact will continue. But your impact as a person will stop. And so God knows he has a deal. He gains when we are healed. He gains when we are okay. He also gains. We are the laborers. We are the ones going to win souls. We are the ones going to lay hands on the sick. We are the ones going to touch the lost. Praise the Lord. So, never, and from whatever we've seen up to this moment, we've seen how in scriptures, it is so key to him. Healing is so key to him. And many theologians have put it down because of their personal experiences. They saw somebody die. They believed for a certain healing and it didn't happen. So they started playing it safe. But you see, the word of God is forever established. My experience does not change the word of God. Praise the Lord. And we see where he's put healing and forgiveness of sin together right from the Old Testament. Who forgives your sins and heals your disease? He, bore our in, he took our iniquities, transgressions, and our infirmities, our pains and sicknesses, and by his stripes we were healed. He says all this right from the Old Testament. Yeah? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, what was the serpent lifted up in the wilderness for? For physical healing. People were bitten by snakes. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He's putting them together. Then Peter comes and still says what Isaiah had said. Our, infamy, our iniquities, transgressions, chastisement of our peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Peter puts it there. Then John comes and writes in his epistle and says, I wish, I would that you be, uh, that you, you be what? You prosper in, your, you, you prosper in your health. He talks about your health. Hmm? Lord, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as thy soul prospers. In other words, as your spiritual life is growing, even your health, it is very key to John. It is very key to, to Paul that you see Paul had friends, co-laborers who had suffered sickness. And Paul doesn't write about it as a good thing. Or as God's will. He writes about it thanking God that they were saved from their sickness. That they almost died, but they were saved from their sickness. No one, even naturally, no one celebrates sickness. It's a lie of the devil when people start condoning sickness. And it is because the devil ministers a victim mentality. You see, normally what you, when people fail to beat something, we start condoning it. it. It is safe. It feels safe. You get it? 
It is safer for me to say, God will heal sometimes and sometimes he will not heal. It is safe. Why? Because I'm going to be asked, why did you pray for so-and-so? Why were they not healed? Why did your granddad die of this? Why did your nephew die of this? So it is safer if I tell them, sometimes he will not heal. It is safer. But you see, that is not what God has called us to. He's called us to hold fast to the profession of our faith. The ones that went before us, he says, they believed. They saw the promises from afar and they died believing. Yeah? Isaiah. These guys prophesied about the Messiah. And they believed the Messiah was to come in their time until they died. Isaiah saw Jesus. Isaiah saw a virgin conceive and give birth. And it took more than about 700 years from the time of Isaiah for Jesus to come. None of his prophecies about Jesus was fulfilled in his time. He was a false prophet. 700 years late, they come to pass. If these guys held on to that, then we can hold on to what God has told us. And when we hold on to what God has told us, we will realize that these experiences that contradict what we believe start diminishing. And we realize that majority of our experiences are in line with what the Word of God says. As long as we have an excuse for the devil, he is going to prevail. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Now if sometimes you think that the things that the devil is doing are of God, there is no way you are going to resist him. You only put up a fight when you know that thing is not meant to be the way it is. You get what I'm saying? That is when you put on a fight. And so the greatest trick of the devil, one of the wiles of the devil, is that the devil will always bring you to experiences. The devil will always bring you to what you see, feel, touch, smell. That is what the devil will always bring you to. But you see, we are meant to see in the spirit. And that's why I was saying even about, about this joy. And this is not joy that requires somebody to come and make you laugh. Because it's in the Holy Ghost. So many times we sing songs of joy, but we are having joy in the flesh. You get it? That's why I don't like hype. It is not wrong to dance in church. It's not wrong to jump in church. But most of it, 70% is just hype. And you see, the problem with it is that it deprives people of the real thing. Because you can truly jump with ecstasy of the Holy Ghost. You can truly dance because you know what you're but you see this one where the worship team member has to keep telling you, Ebu dance. Huh? Are you tired? Hasn't God done great things for you? Dance. Dance like an African. Dance. Like that one. That one many times comes with no revelation. You get what I'm saying? That is like going to a comedy show to laugh. Yeah, you will laugh. You get it? And yet scientifically they prove it's still good. For you to laugh listening to comedy, it has some results. What of laughter brought by the Holy Ghost? Not initiated by a funny comment or what? What of that? If the other one has, and you see where do they get it? Where do the scientists get it? From the Bible. A merry heart. That's good like medicine. This is God who said these things way before scientists discovered them. God speaks of laughter a lot in the Bible. So it's the same thing that happens when you see, when we, especially singing, I'm glad it's not a lot here in Ratsi. But you see, when you really need to make people excited about praising their God, 
They will offer it, but they will offer it in the flesh. No wonder up to today he's still looking for those who will worship him in truth and spirit. Because many have nicely uh, rehearsed dances, nicely rehearsed, but void of revelation. That's how you see somebody, you're like, how can you dance like this for God? And on Friday you're dancing like this in the club. You, you get what I'm saying? So it was to them, it was not to God. It was to them. It was for them. That's why uh, Matt Redman sang and said, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I have made it, for the things I've made the worship. Because it's been made for that way. They feel like, ah, praise has not been good if we've not done this stroke. Praise has not been, hey, my friend, you can praise until strokes are just flowing. You don't even know where they're coming from. <laughs> you can jump for the Lord and you don't care if everyone seated around is jumping like you're jumping. It can be real. So when we are given the counterfeit so much, we forget about the real. We don't think the real is there. So when you go to church and say, rejoice for the Lord, and everyone is, <laughs> Now when the Holy Ghost comes and brings real joy, real rejoicing, they're like, hey, are these people insane? Are they lunatics? Because they are so used to the made-up one. Now the real one has come. You can't relate. You're so used to the counterfeit. Yeah? So it's the same thing with healing and all these other things. The devil will thrive in that. What you see, what you feel, what you touch. Initiated things. Things that you initiate physical and what. I like, you know, <laughs> Kenneth Hagin was so, it was not so much about telling people to dance. But you see, in these meetings, there's a lot of dance. The Holy Ghost always fell, and you saw people dance in those meetings. People with their suits just everywhere. <laughs> but you know, he used, I know, maybe he took it so far, I don't know. But it is because he saw what was there. He saw that a lot, like, people would dance and concentrate on the dance more than who they are dancing for. So they're like, hey, this dance. So he used to ask, did you ever hear... Jesus tell his disciples, now it's time to dance for God. <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing wrong with dancing. It's good to dance. And it is good. It is good also to not do things by the spirit. Because when you keep doing things just by the physical, because they are outside there, eventually, eventually you become inoculated to the things of the spirit. You become, they become foreign to you. And so there are people that get so used to the pain of sickness. The Bible says hope deferred makes our heart sick. Many times you realize that it takes more grace, more time, more effort to minister to people who have known sickness for so long in their home or as a person. Because it went from physical sickness to a sick heart. Hope deferred. The hope they had. You see, in the first year they thought, maybe I'm going to be healed. They were not healed. Then they said, maybe I'm going to be healed. The next year another preacher came. They were not healed. So by the time you meet them, first of all, hope has to be restored. And that is what the devil targets. The devil wants that so much. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, let's read John 20, verse 26 to 29. After eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. I think that was very necessary, isn't it? If your doors are shut and I show up, isn't it necessary that I tell you, peace be unto you? <laughs> yeah. I think Jesus was courteous. He, was, he thought about people. <laughs> you can't just show up when the doors are locked and <laughs> you need to restore peace. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold thy hands, my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and have believed. Let's read verse 29 in NLT. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Let's read it in let's read it in Amplified. Let's see what it says in Amplified. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, Thomas, do you now believe? Trust, have faith, blessed and happy. And to be envied are those who have never seen me and yet have believed and adhered to, and trusted, and relied on me. Hallelujah. This is very, very key. He's not saying that those who see will not believe, but he's saying the ones who believe without seeing are better. They are to be envied. Like here, Thomas believed. He believed and said, my Lord, my God. That's why he's telling him, you now believe? Do you now believe because you've seen? He saw and he believed. And he followed him. But Jesus is telling him that is not the best way. The best way is to believe without seeing. That is the best way. So you can believe with seeing. One time Miles Monroe had a conference. Was it Miles Monroe or he was quoting somebody? Who said, I've come to teach you and leave you blind get it. People who had sight, to leave them blind. Because the just shall live by faith, not by sight. So I've come to leave you blind. So that you can see further than your eyes can see. And this is very, very important in healing. Now, from all this that I'm teaching, you're going to realize it's going to be very easy for you to receive healing, to impart healing, but it will also be very easy for you to retain your healing. Many people receive healing and they lose it. And you see, the world does not understand. They say, if it is God, you would never lose it. That was not God. I know a pastor in Uganda who had a crusade somewhere, and many people got healed, and many of them relapsed in like three weeks. This one was blind, they are blind again. This one, he said, that man is a devil worshiper. Why? The people he prayed for went back. Say, what proof do you have that that's proof for one being a devil worshiper? <laughs> Did you read it anywhere that when devil worshippers heal people, they go back? 
You know, as long as you are pastor, there is every reason for you to be a devourer. You see that ring he puts on his small finger? You see that necklace he has? You see that haircut he has? You saw how his shoe kept shining in that direction? As long as you are pastor, ah. And then, you, you know, if you sit down these people and you ask them, so you've studied about devil worshippers, how did you find out that this is what, these are the signs of a devil worshipper? I just know. <laughs> ask them, the 12 disciples of Jesus, they don't know. <laughs> but they know devil worshippers. They must be the agents of the devil. Because how do they know more about the devil than they know about God? <laughs> yeah, so... He's telling, he's telling us to, 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 to believe before seeing. And he's saying it is better. This is crucial because we are a people that experience the power of God. But when we see in the word of God, he tells us in, Paul says to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, he tells them, when I came to you, I did not come with words, hum, words of human wisdom, enticing words. I didn't come with eloquence of speech when I came to you. I came in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be established in human wisdom, but in the power of God. So important. The power of God is demonstrated. That your faith should not be established in human wisdom, but in the power of God. That is why when you go to crusades, when you go soul winning, we must demonstrate the power of God. We speak about the power of God. So that their faith is not established in enticing words, eloquent speech. Because if, if somebody becomes born again be, only because you're so eloquent, a more eloquent Buddhist is going to meet them and they will become Buddhist. A more eloquent atheist is going to meet them and they will be convinced. If it all happened because you convinced them, you know how to argue your point. You get it? And that is why, that is why, you know, there are many debates, yeah? Very few people have got born again from these debates. Had even Ravi Zachariah, the later years of his ministry, how he said he stopped doing debates because of, he realized that debates were, they were not allowed a ministry because he had to prove a certain point and the other person has. So in the end, Ravi Zachariah has won. The atheist is beaten. Flat, but he's still an atheist. You get it? Seven years later, you see him in a debate with another Christian. Because that research and what, it is so important. And I would want us as Ratsi people to be very knowledgeable when it comes to things, apologetics, doctrine, theology. I want us to be so. But I want us to understand that never will that substitute the power of God. It is the power of God. It was so important that he sends the Holy Spirit because it is only the Holy Spirit that can transform lives. And that is why we see that some of the biggest soul winners in this universe have not been the best theologians. They spoke so simple things. But it is because they were backed by power, human hearts were melted. You look at Philip, the evangelist in the Bible. The Bible says he preached Jesus. Every time he preached, he preached Jesus. It seems Philip didn't know a lot, but he knew the important thing and he was anointed. Because when he, he met the eunuch, the eunuch is reading from Isaiah, the Bible says, and he preached Jesus to him. When he went to Samaria, he preached Jesus. And many were added to the church. That's all he knew. 
he was, that time he was he was a deacon. He was he, today deacons serve in church with what? What do deacons do? They collect offering. What do deacons do? Okay, but during that time the deacons were serving food. <laughs> yeah. You know, some sometimes when you, you sometimes you there are churches where you look at the deacon and demon, deacon, demon. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you the truth. It's a deacon who kicks you out of a church. Where? Yamasa. Hey. And like, this is a demon, a deacon, a demon, a deacon. See, excuse me, sir. Are you demon, deacon? <laughs> and if he's a Christian, he'll tell you the truth. I'm a demon. But. <laughs> Here. Here they were to serve food. So Philip was one of those people who served food. So definitely he was not on the council of the theologians, the elders. Yet he won more souls, more than some of those people on the council that we've even never heard of. Because it is the power of God and people's faith is established. Hallelujah. People's faith is established in the power of God because it's the power of God that transforms. That is so important. It is so important for you as a child of God. But when he goes on, he says, but when we've come to them that are mature or perfected, we impart a higher wisdom. In other words, these ones, they don't need demonstration of power to believe. The mature ones. Why? Because the mature ones are no longer appealed to just in the sensual. You get what I'm saying? When you go for a crusade, I've told you about I'm preaching in a crusade in eastern Uganda, and a lame man starts walking. When the lame man starts walking, a lady who was deaf, who I had invited earlier to pray for, and she had refused, her ears opened. You get what I'm saying? She saw demonstration of power, and faith came. Sadly, many Christians have stayed there. You get what I'm saying? So many Christians have to see to believe. And so they don't see a lot. As we go on, we are going to look at some of the things that hinder people from receiving healing and what. But one of the things is, especially among the Christians, is, okay, some, some say miracle, some say not miracle. I believe, okay, miracles is anything God does. But this is how they used to put it, the old timers, that a miracle is what happens instantly. Then what does not happen instantly is a healing. But healings, as long as it's the finger of God, it's a miracle. It's a suspension of natural laws, natural nature. It's a miracle. So, but you see, many Christians, because they are so much into seeing, they are not to be envied. <laughs> because they are so much into seeing before they believe. Say, come, let me lay hands on you. In the name of Jesus, let this pain go. It has not gone. So I believe one day I'll be healed. You see, as he's going home, I believe one day I'll be healed. He's prayed for me. I believe in the right time I'll be healed. Many don't receive healing that way. Why? Because they want to fast see. You hear what I'm saying? Yet if they understood that even when I've not seen it, it has happened. They would get it. When Jesus prayed for the, 
lepers. You remember the ten lepers? He told them, he, he prayed for them and told them to go their way. And the Bible says, while they went, they were cleansed. While they went, they were healed. We don't know if it had been two weeks, three weeks. They used to travel. They used to walk long distances. So it didn't happen the moment Jesus laid hands on them. That's not when it happened. So that's what happens many times. Because we are so much into seeing, and you didn't see right now, or you didn't feel, I didn't even feel the power of God go through me. So you see, you stop it. You get it? It's like, it was said. He laid hands on me and he said, receive. I believe I received. And you go home. I received it. I received it. I told you the testimonies of the people, the one from Catherine Kuhn, uh, no, Smith Wigglesworth, the one who had a goita. And he prayed for her. And she went telling people, I was healed. My goita was healed. And they would laugh at her because they see it's swollen. It's there. But you see, she kept, because she believed. And now believing is not just mental assent. Believing is not just you saying the opposite. Because you see, again, that's the trap that many, especially faith people, that's the trap we fall in. You get it? You think that if I'm feeling pain, saying I have no pain in Jesus' name means you believe. That means you're walking in faith. No. You must get to a place where you fully get the revelation that you are healed. That, that, that it is louder than that pain. It is not something you just tell yourself. You know what I'm saying? It is not just saying, I believe I'm not sick. I believe I'm not sick. No, no, no. no. Believing is much more than that. Believing is much more than saying it. And that is why the word of God is so key. As you meditate and get in the word of God, the word of God makes it a reality. I told you when I was healed of sinusitis when I was in high school, I've always told you this. I didn't need to test if I had been healed. I just knew I had been healed. I just knew Isaiah 53 was so true. I'm like, by his stripes I was healed. I'm like, it's past. It's past. I'm telling you I was excited. I got up from that floor and I'm like, it is past. It is past. There was no symptom I first checked. And I'm telling you, if I had checked and still found the symptom, it would not change what I had believed. I had already believed. The symptom was too late. I had already believed. That is what happens. That is how you know when you get born again. You get it? Many times you get born again. You have weed in your pockets. You have... But when the word of God is preached, you get born again. Yet many times when people came to you, you used to say, but you see, I, I still have weed in my house. I still have... Why? Because you are not yet believed. When you believe whether weed is in that house, whether mirror is in your mouth, you know, it becomes irrelevant. You've believed. Even when you're drunk high, you've believed. You hear what I'm saying? Even when you're still in pain of carrying out an abortion that very time, you've believed. That becomes irrelevant. That is what I'm talking about. That is believing. It makes, it is not you trying so much to avoid those things. They become irrelevant. When you say, I know God will provide. 
and you check that account and there is nothing, it doesn't alarm you at all. It doesn't make you feel like I should change my plans. It doesn't make you feel like I should... No, that is what I'm talking about. So that's why we see that there is someone who says, I believe, yet they are ever disappointed. Because they don't really believe. It is mental ascent they are talking about. Believing is so different. And that is why, you see, when we were talking about faith, we talked about Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that word, word there, is the word rem. It is not talking about logos. It is not talking about a word you just speak. It is talking about the revealed word. The spoken word, but spoken by who? By God, a revealed word. It is that revelation that he's talking about. So you see, all along I read Isaiah 53, by his stripes you were healed. But you see, it was Logos. One day it became Rema, and I heard hearing came. Because it became Rema. It was no longer. So you can both quote it, and yet the results are different. Because of where it is Rema and where it is not Rema. But thank God that there is a way we can get into Rema. Praise the Lord. We are not helpless. We're not just going to say, oh, what of me who doesn't believe? You can get into believing. The word of God can help you to believe. Praise the Lord. That man cried out to Jesus and said, help my unbelief. So to the mature, he imparts a higher wisdom. To the mature, he doesn't appeal to the senses. Most of us, God inviting, even, you see when we just get born again, you see you're reading. I'm reading, oh, Branham had this vibration in his left hand. Man, I'm praying, God, also give me that vibration in my left hand. Oh, Robert, say this. Oh, God, give me that. Oh, you see, whenever you go to pray for the sick, you're like, oh, tomorrow I have to pray for the sick. God, I want to have that feeling that so-and-so normally has. I want to have... You get what I'm saying? Like, all of us have been there. All of us will be there. And God is gracious. At times, as a baby Christian, you get the experiences. You see, every time an experience stopped in my life, I thought that I had backslidden. Now today I understand why that just live by faith. Because that was so immature. I remember there's a certain time, there's a time now when people started getting slain, as I minister to people, I'm telling you people got slain. People got slain. People I held hands with got slain. You get it? In another person's conference, me, I'm just a college student, I've gone to attend. They say, hold hands with your neighbor, and they would get slain. And I would walk out. <laughs> My friend, hey, where else are we holding hands? <laughs> I would really look for where to hold hands. <laughs> yeah, there is a person who who came. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in getting slain. They don't believe. I told them, come. But you want to get born again? Yes. Okay. Repeat this prayer after me, Lord Jesus, and they get slain. So you see, that's how we were even doing evangelism. If you know Pastor Eric Wandeba and Otim, they can tell you. But you know, we do evangelism. Do you believe in the power of God? Yeah, no, God is not real. At least the wind is real. Okay, stand there. If I count up to three and you're still standing, God is not real. Ah. You, see? you know, that's how we were preaching. Go to a garage and everyone in the garage is, ah, ah. You have demons, you have demons. No. We talked about God, we said, you get it? It was exciting at that time. Then a time came where I laid hands on people and no one was getting slain. I'm telling you, I repented every day. Oh God, what have I done? What have I done, God? What have I done wrong? But what I didn't know, now during this time, this is when I really started operating in word of knowledge so consistently. So all these people, the moment I would lay a hand on them, I would get a very specific word for them. 
tell them this, 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 this. Some of them would get healed, they would speak in tongues, but they are not slain. When they were getting slain, some of them would get slain, I want them to speak in tongues, but they don't speak in tongues, they just get slain. They are not healed, but they get slain. You get what I'm saying? Now, I'm giving them word of knowledge, they are speaking in tongues, but they are standing more firm than they were before. I'm like, God, you've left me. You, you see how, uh, what I'm telling you, that I was a baby. I was so used to what is sensual, to what is visible. And you see, God rebuked me. He's the one who showed me that. The results I had when they were just getting slain and the results. And I'm like, these are better results. These are more results. So actually, I can't. And God was showing me that all these things are going to come back in your ministry. There will be a combination. You will see people slain. You will see words of knowledge. You see all this. But you see, like I went through different shifts, different times like this. And if I had stayed there, if I had just stayed there, it would shatter me. You see, like at that time, it's good I was in the learning stages. It sh when it shattered me, it was not so fatal. I would be so devastated if I laid hands on somebody and they didn't get slain. I would think God has not touched them or God has not moved. Because I was in the sensual. So that's why he's saying that to the mature, we impart a higher. Yeah. As a young Christian, you want to see, then you believe. You get it? You want, you want, that ex you want what you're feeling. What you're and so many times, our healing is limited that way. Uh, let's read Luke. Let's read Luke. 7, 18, 23. I think I'll... And the disciples of John showed him all... Showed, he, showed him of all these things. And John calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour, hallelujah, in that one hour, this was very important to Jesus. In that same hour, he didn't wait for the evening meeting. He told in that time they had come, cured many of their infirmities, plagues, and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering saith unto them, Go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard, how that they, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. To the poor the gospel is preached. He had time to send them. Now look at Jesus. Most of us would not have loved Jesus as a pastor. Do you know that? Yeah. We just love him because he's in our hearts. <laughs> but a few things we say about fellow Christians. Few pastors have done what Jesus did here. And yet we still hate them. Yeah. This is Jesus' cousin. Yeah. And Jesus knew that he was arrested. Do you know that? Because the Bible says when he heard that John had been arrested, he went to pray. <laughs> he, did, he didn't go to Central Police Station to talk with them. He went to pray. And up to this time, Jesus has not visited him. He's not even sent at least a disciple to go and check on John. His cousin, the one who announced that he's 
this, here, is, here is the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the world. Jesus has not gone to visit him. <laughs> this is the time the man needs a hug. Jesus is not there to, to hug him. And when he sends his disciples, Jesus doesn't, oh, I know John is hurting. Go tell him I'm the one, but just go tell him what you see. Why was Jesus doing this? You see, John had come to that place where the physical was becoming more appealing than the spiritual. And that is why he says, we impart a higher wisdom. And he says in, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And he's writing to Christians already. So there are many Christians who their relationship with Christ is not really by faith, their everyday walk. They encountered him, but you see, they dance. Everything that double, double. Why? Because they got a promotion. You get what I'm saying? Or they got twins. You see, everything double, double, they are, <laughs> are rejoicing. But you see, when they go look in the account, and there's nothing, and there's a letter asking them to resign, they come and sing, why me, Lord, why me, Lord, why me, Lord. You, you get what I'm saying? The Alliance Paul is saying, let him dwell in your hearts by faith. In other words, not by what you see, not by what he does, not by what, let him dwell in your hearts because when he's dwelling in you by faith, your life is stable. Your life is like the life of Paul. Whether with little or with much, whether your countenance doesn't change. Whether Jesus has visited you in prison or not. You know, I had this statement from Bishop David Oyedepo. You see, some of the men that I love are people who show toughness. I think that's just my personality because I love the army. Praise the Lord. I know some of you like people who will cry with you and what. It's okay. You get it. We can't all be like me. Hallelujah. We would not know what crying is. Thank God for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, he said, in 35 years, and that is many years ago, that's like seven years, I've never needed anyone to encourage me. I've never needed a word of encouragement from anyone. Tell me, oh, brother David, things will be fine. He says, I've never needed. When I heard that, I said, this is my guy. I should listen more. <laughs> you get it? How do I get there? That's what I want. I've never needed it's okay, it's true. People have said, oh, we are praying for you, wife, but I didn't need it. You get it? It's good. It's welcome. <laughs> but I was not going to fall apart if they didn't say. Christ dwelling in him by faith. There is a reality that he's not waiting for people to pat him on his back for him to be fine. He's not waiting. And that's a very good place for a pastor to be or for a minister to be if you are a minister. Because I'm telling you, most of the messages I get are help me, pray for me, there is this, there is this. I get very few messages that, first I want to bless you. First I want to do this. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? I even hear people, people even fight about blessing men of God. You've heard that, and among Christians, do you give to the pastor? No, we give to the ministry. He's doing ministry. <laughs> so you see why as a pastor you really need to. 
don't, you don't need to be waiting for encouragement from somebody. You don't need to be, you don't need to be, you need to be encouraging God. That's why Paul said, he comforts us that we may comfort those that mourn. One day God told me, I am a pitcher. Pitchers are not filled by vessels that draw from the pitchers. They are not filled by cups. I'm telling you that settled it. I was in college. It is true people have encouraged me. It's true people have said good things to me. But let me tell you, I have not fallen apart, not because people encourage me. That's not the reason I've not fallen apart. I've not fallen apart because I know whom I have encountered. I know. That even if I go through anything and no one calls me, no one visits me, no one does what, Jesus is still on the throne. When I sing those songs, I mean them, and they are a reality. So this was that time for John. He's there. This man came to set the captives free. Now I'm a captive. You get it? Isn't that what happens here? Yeah? True ministry. A pastor is to visit the sick, is to visit the needy. Now I'm sick. Where is pastor? <laughs> you know, sometimes I listen to myself and I'm like, you are a very good preacher. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but John was going through a very tough time. Yeah? A tough time where you would think, yeah, Jesus would say, let's go see John. You get it? At least you know, ah, even Lazarus, even if you didn't see him when he was sick, at least he saw him when he was dead. <laughs> Jesus had this tendency of being late when people were sick. You get it? He never, he never visited the sick. He never followed up people. Yeah? All those who had got born again, he never sent disciples to follow them up. Then the day they came up, he rebuked them for following him for bread. These are new believers, for God's sake. Give them time. They've not even gone through discipleship. You're just here for bread. A new church member. <laughs> you don't say that to a new church member. Jesus did. <laughs> But this that he sends to John, he was sending to John Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, John had read it because John knew, I'm the one in the wilderness preparing the way. Because he kept telling people, I'm not the one. But you see 35, John, Isaiah 35, I think from verse 7, that is where he talks about when Jesus comes. He says, the lamb shall leap. Yeah? From verse 5, the, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart or a deer. And the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. You see, those are the same things that Jesus did and told them, go tell John what you see. In other words, let John know the Messiah, not because he visited him in prison, but because he fulfilled the word. He's pointing John to the word. He knew that he would give John a hug that day, but tomorrow he will need another one. I've seen it. Many of you have told you, oh, it will be okay, you're going to be fine. And the next day, pastor, things are worse. You, you get what I'm saying? Why? Because there is no lasting solution in the flesh. There is no lasting solution in what you see. It can pass away. But this that he told John, we don't hear John sending any more disciples to ask Jesus anything. And it's true he was beheaded, but I believe he was beheaded in faith, knowing that the Messiah had already come, knowing that he had already done his work. 
because Jesus pointed him to the word. It is going to be very key in healing because there are times you're not going to feel like you're getting healed. There are times you're not going to feel like you are healed. But you see, can you meditate on the word enough for you to know that it is in past tense? By his stripes, I was healed. This is not my portion. I told you of Apostle Kelly. You saw Apostle Kelly was seated here during that day when Bishop came. I told you he was diagnosed with HIV. And he preached it out of his body three weeks. And he tested negative, 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 negative. And he got married. Now he has a family. And he's ministering. But you see, he preached it out. I'm sure when he came after getting the HIV text, he didn't feel the presence of God. But he chose. He said, I'm going to preach the word of God to it. And he opened his Bible and started preaching the word of God to it. Hallelujah. The sensual can live. That is why Catherine Kuhlman said 80% of the people that came for her meetings relapsed. Because they received in the anointing. The prince of God was so thick. As in the lame man is feeling the power of God flow through his legs. It's going to be very easy to walk. But when the devil knocks three days later, where there is no organ being played, there is no worship leader, there is no Catherine Kuhlman carrying the glory, you don't know how to stand. It will take you down. But when you get to learn to believe without seeing, that you believe it because it is said in the word of God. You believe it because God, let God be true, let all men be liars, but God is true. If he said, by his stripes I was healed, and it is in past tense, the fight of faith is me getting that established. It does not matter what I feel. It does not matter what I'm experiencing. It does not matter what is going on. That is what I am going to believe. And I am more blessed to believe without seeing. Because, you see, when you believe without seeing, it's easy to retain it. It is easy to retain it. That is why many people who have got healing in teaching meetings stay healed longer than people who just got healed in a crusade or where. Because it came by the atmosphere of the presence. It came by the many testimonies that they were seeing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this making sense to us? Believe even when you don't see. Believe even when you don't see. What is believing? It is on the word of God. So I'm not saying just speak positively. No. Believing faith has a basis. And the basis is the word of God. It is what God has said. That is faith. So don't just say, no, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. What is your basis? As you meditate on the word, the logos, rema will come. And you will know that it is true. Many of you have read Kenneth Hagin's story. How he got from his deathbed. At the age of 16, and he never fell sick again, till he died at 80 what? He was being interviewed in 2002. When was the last time you were sick? Do you get a headache? Imagine this is 2002. It's like in 1938. I had a headache for three seconds. I didn't allow it to go on. I love that man. But you see, when you follow the man's life, it was a life of war. Act believing that. It wasn't passive. It wasn't, oh, Father, thank you that this headache is gone. Darling, 
Can you call the ambulance? <laughs> you know. <laughs> no. You lock yourself in a room. Read that word. I was telling you about Apostle Kelly. Imagine him locking himself in a house for three weeks to preach HIV out of his body. How badly do you want that healing? The way you value the word of God shows how much you want to be free. If it's just, oh, pastor, pray for me, I believe it will go. Be gone. I believe I'll testify, pastor, the next day. Mom, send me some money. You know my sickness, those whatever's are done, send me some money. And say, ah, pastor, it's not yet gone, but it will go. I, you need to mean business. Faith is active. Faith is not passive. You need to get, this is what the word of God says. It is going to happen now. You need to set the timing for your miracle. You know many times it's you who sets the time. Next year I will be healed and you will be healed next year. But if you set the timing and say it is now, it is to, devil, we have unfinished business. I'm not getting out of this room until this business is finished. Get those scriptures. This man went for three weeks and HIV was out of his body. I don't know how long he was willing to be there. But he won. And how do you know that HIV is gone when you're in a room? He's not a doctor. He has no... That is what I'm talking about. Rema. Believing came. Rema came. After three weeks, he got out of that room very sure there was no HIV. And when the doctor checked, it was not there. So he didn't, he didn't first see it gone. He believed it gone. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for everyone that came today. Thank you that you're teaching us to walk by faith and not by sight. And as it pertains to healing, that we will see it with our spiritual eyes. We will not wait for the physical eyes to see it. And we will walk in it. Thank you, Father. 